everyone. Welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy, author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? The Definitive Guide to Creating and Sharing Your Life Story. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Hi, everyone. I'm Rob Lucy. Thank you for joining us here at the Legacy Cafe. Here's a question. Is there a secret sauce that makes families more happy, more resilient? Well, guess what? Yep, it's stories. It's stories that can help make families stronger. I always thought in in the work I've done that collecting and and distributing of stories was done by and for people who had some life behind them, a little maturity and a a bunch of stories. Well, here's the twist. The more that children know about their family's history, about the the stories of their grandparents and their aunts and uncles and mom and dad, of course, there are some big benefits that accrue to those kids. And those kids don't need to be very old. It allows them to be much more prepared for life's challenges. My next guest has studied this for a lifetime. He has developed a a simple did you know scale. These are questions that ask kids what they know about their family history. My guest is Dr. Marshall Duke. He's the Charles Howard Candler Professor of Psychology at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Marshall. Hello, Rob. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thank you for joining us. You know, I was, I was thinking about this and wondering, kids who know more about their families, your study is saying that they, they have a higher levels of self-esteem and self-control and lower levels of anxiety and they have fewer behavioral problems. These are these are big promises out of a few questions. How did the concept of these did you know questions, and we'll get into them, how did the concept uh, come about? Well, yeah, it, it's true. Uh, we, were, we were actually very surprised as well that when we began looking at the set of data that we had gathered over a 12-year period, that the, the single best predictor of all those things you just mentioned was how much kids knew about the history of their families. Um, and they are, they're, they're big. Uh, self-esteem and achievement and adjustment and low anxiety and things of that sort. So it's really remarkable. Uh, so I, I can tell you a little bit about how uh, this came about. We began our project um, back in the summer of 2001. And we had gathered information uh, on a number of families. At that time we had 40 families that we had learned just about everything about. It was a very wonderful group of people who had volunteered to allow us to come into their houses and sit and have dinner with them, learn all about how they, they sort of lived their life. And this was part of a larger project which was really looking at how modern families deal with the fact that there's so much pressure on them, so many pulls uh, in different directions. So if you think about it from a physics point of view, you know, there's something called the centrifugal force, which if you spin something, it flies outward. Um, but there's also something that counters that, and that's called centripetal force, which pulls or draws things or keeps them in. And we were interested in looking at the things that hold families together in a time when they're being pulled apart by all kinds of things, activities and work and school and so on. So uh, what, we, what we did was to learn about these families, and uh, then uh, we were planning to do uh, continued research on them, and suddenly came September 11th. And what happened on that day was that uh, a horrible, naturally occurring experiment took place in which um, every family in America, New York, the world even, was exposed to the same terrible thing happening at the same time. And 
uh, in, in, in the States, what happened was that everybody sort of pulled up in their houses. There were no airplane flights. There was nothing going on. People went to churches and places of worship, community gatherings, and, and uh, they tried to cope with what had happened. Now, after about three months, uh, we decided that this might be uh, a sad, but there it was, opportunity to look at how different families cope with uh, adversity. And we went back to our families and we said, tell us how you dealt with what happened on September 11th. And we had all these measures in place. And it turned out that the families that were um, able to cope better, bounce back, if you will, better from this uh, situation, had certain characteristics. And among those characteristics were the fact that the kids in these families knew more about the family history than kids in other families. And then we began trying to untangle that. Why would that be? Um, knowledge of family history, what did it bring to children? Give me, give me a brief idea of what the kids knew that maybe surprised you. or what the, Okay, so, so yeah. knowledge of family history essentially um, is, is uh, knowing things that you could, have not, that you could not have known just from uh, your own experience. Uh, because one of the things we learned is that people uh, tell stories to their children, uh, grandparents tell stories to their grandchildren, Information is passed from one generation to the next, and it turns out that the kind of information that we asked for in the Do You Know scale was information that kids got through stories. They couldn't have gotten it any other way. There was no experience on their part. And it turned out also that the stories that they were hearing, where they were hearing primarily from grandparents, sometimes from parents, but mostly from grandparents. And when we tried to understand this in the long vision of it, we came to realize that there was something that stories brought to children, which was called an intergenerational self. And the intergenerational self is a sense that even though I'm 10, I belong to a family and I know about people who lived 50 years ago. I know about people who lived 100 years ago. I know about events that happened to my family that I am part of that happened before I was born. And I know how they came out. And I have, a, I have a sense that things happen in life that are sometimes good and sometimes bad. And we found, interestingly, that uh, kids needed to know about bad things that happen in their families as well. And that the story of my family is what we call an oscillating family story. That is, this, the, the, the narratives that I've heard from my grandparents or from my parents show me that I belong to a family that has had ups and downs and that what happens when you are down is that you try to get yourself up and you have to understand that there will be downs again. And this puts things into a context. So it puts September 11th into a context. Will we ever recover from what happened here? Will, will we ever recover from the financial downturn of 2008? Uh, will we ever recover from a hurricane or a natural disaster? And if you have stories about people that you're related to, in which these stories over uh, the people overcame or rose above an adversity, then you have a sense, yeah, okay, this is pretty terrible, but I, I come from people who get over this. Uh, we rise above it. We get past it. We return. We bounce back. And the questions are things like, you know, where did your grandfather uh, grow up? What kind of job did he have? Uh, how did your, your parents meet? When did they meet? Where did they go to school? What kinds of activities did they involve themselves in? Were there any things that happened to them that you know about? 
Anything that happened to your grandparents, you know about? Relatives in your family? Where's your family come from? Where do they start out? Where are your roots? All these things, it turns out, build strength in the children because they see themselves as older than they are. They're not 10, they're 80, they're 100. I don't know if you think about yourself. Could you know when your grandparent or your grandfather or grandmother was born? Do you know that? That, that, that can be an anchoring year. For example, I know my grandfather was born in 1872. Well, I, I'm, I've got a link back to 1872. Mine was born in 1871, so maybe they were buddies. They, maybe they knew each other. They, you know, but, but, but no, there it is. And doesn't that give you a sense of longevity? It gives you a sense of connectedness back to a time that is so different from the time we live in now. You took these questions and, asked, and started asking the kids, do you know? That's right. Do you know this? Do you, and it turns out, it turns out, and this is really, uh, for me, an odd finding, but nonetheless, we've checked it out. It, 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 it doesn't have to be accurate. In other words, when you say, do you know where your grandparents grew up? They might have an answer, but it might not be accurate. But it doesn't really make a difference. It's whether or not they believe that they know and have a sense of, the, of that knowing. We checked on accuracy of their answers by asking their parents and maybe aunts and uncles and so on. And we found that in most families, there's absolute disagreement on what really happened. Siblings in the same family have different memories of their childhood. Different memories about the events that took place in the extended family. But that's, that's just part of it. That's because a lot of these stories are, are changed, polished, transformed, tweaked as time goes on. But the stories themselves, um, having the story is in many ways more important than the accuracy of the story. When are the stories told to the kids and who does the, who does the best telling? How do, these, how do these stories plant in these young kids' brains? Well, it's a, a, a great question. The, the, the typical storytellers, according to the anthropologists that were part of our project, are the grandmothers. Uh, in fact, they, there's been a, one anthropologist called them the kin keepers. They tell the stories. And uh, it, it, grandpa, grandfathers tell stories too, and often they complain to me if I say grandmothers are the kin keepers. Because th that generation, the, the grandparents' generation or great-grandparents' generation in some instances, they're the storytellers, and they also have a sense of legacy. They're older, they realize that, that their time is limited, and they want to be sure that what they know, or what they remember, is transmitted to uh, the younger generation. The, the women have always been the story collectors and the storytellers. Yes, yes, they have. Yes, they have. <laughs> and that's uh, usually in, in just about every culture. Um, so the stories get told, and not only are our contents transmitted but values are transmitted and morals are transmitted uh, things that we do as a family things that we don't do as a family are transmitted through these stories and and they are in often uh, oftentimes they're they're tailored to the moment and one of the things that we found is that the good storytelling parents and grandparents mostly are ones who take advantage of situations as they arise to tell a story we're all carrying stories with us we, we are armed with a, a whole bunch of stories that we know, some of us that we've experienced, some that we've actually heard from our parents. I can tell you stories about Coney Island in New York, and I never went there as a child, but I can remember the beach because my father told me about it. So what happens is that we carry these stories, and when an opportunity arises, we tell them. And the important thing, I think, for, for grandparents to, to know 
is that uh, the opportunities will arise and that when they arise, you need to take advantage of the opportunity and say, I need to tell you a story. Uh, not, not even using the words, I want to, or can I tell you a story? I'm not asking you permission. I'm telling you I need to tell you a story. It's a very different structure. And I'm going to tell you the story, so pause for a minute, whatever we're doing. And if you want to roll your eyes up, that's good, because that means we probably know the story. But I'm going to tell you the story. And so parents, the grandparents need to really see, um, for example, a, a Thanksgiving dinner is an opportunity to do some uh, reminiscing. Uh, Christmas, any holidays, uh, birthdays, family vacations are wonderful times for, for storytelling. Let me just ask about two, say we get two kids beside each other. You've got a list of 20 did you know questions, some of them you just you outlined. If kid A has answers to 18 of those questions, whether or not the truth or not, but they have answers to them, and kid number B has only has answers for three of them, what's the difference in those two kids and what's going on in their head and what's going on in their development? In terms of the research, uh, it would suggest that the kid who knows more is, um, is more capable of, of uh, achieving, uh, probably has a higher level of self-esteem and connectedness to uh, a, a family uh, uh, of which uh, he see or she sees himself a part, um, and, and maybe much better adjusted, um, because these are all correlative, not causational, cor correlational. So we know that these things are connected. The more that they know about their family history, the higher the scores will be on the achievement and self-esteem, lower the scores will be on anxiety and so on. And you would expect that the younger child does not have a sense of where he, or the, one, the child with only three uh, correct answers, um, would, um, would not have a sense of where he fits into a longer story. And it turns out that having a sense of where you fit in includes an awareness that there are tough times and there are easy times and that's all part of what happens in our lives and tough times call for resilience and rising up and extra effort and uh, that pays off in the long run because you get through those tough times you get to better places you notice the the places that i talked about when i said good times to tell stories are usually uh, pleasant times safe times content times and the meta message there is, I'm telling you about all kinds of bad things that happen, but look at where we are. We're at a Thanksgiving dinner, or we're at Christmas, or we're on a vacation. We're being okay while we're hearing about times when we weren't okay. So you can tell, you can tell negative, you can tell stories that aren't, aren't pleasant. Yes, negative stories, it turns out, are probably as important or more important than the positive ones because positive ones say everything's hunky-dory you know everything's going to be okay negative ones coupled with the positive ones provide a contrast between good times and bad times and you know having a bad time makes a good time better when can i start telling these stories to younger kids and uh, using good judgment of course telling the answers to some of these did you know questions and once i say i'm six years old perhaps maybe if that's if you, you agree with that does 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 the benefit of this grow with me into my teens and into my adulthood? The story changes as you get older, you know. We'll tell little kids stories at different levels, but the same story can be told any number of times depending upon who's listening and who's telling. But, uh, yeah, we tell stories to, to six-year-old kids. Uh, sometimes the story becomes uh, a fairy tale story or a story that uh, is sort of like something that happened in uh, one's family. 
or to say to, for the grandparents say, you know i was six once i was i was a little like you and this is what happened to me and that that engages the child because you they see grandma and grandpa is you know old people who you know have always been old my mm -hmm. granddaughter used to believe that my, my, my wife and I lived at the airport. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they would go and get us. <laughs> and then when they were finished with us, they would bring us back to the airport and we would stay there. So, so the kids have interesting ideas about where the grandparents are and who they are and what they've done. But, you know, in every family, there are heroes and it's good to have heroes. Uh, and it doesn't be a hero in the sense of a, a superhero. Yeah, is somebody who uh, uh, up and left a place that was not a good place to be, for example, maybe 100 years ago, 150 years ago, that the, they left a country or left a city or a situation that was untenable or dangerous, or, and, and they, they just traveled and they moved from one place to another, or they, they started a business or, or began farming or doing something. These stories are heroic stories in the eyes of a child because they believe you know if you want something you just go to the target store or go to the supermarket and the food's there but that family has not always had that history no and they need to they need to hear about that because it it says to them you know uh, you come from people who deal with situations that are difficult and sometimes they don't come out good and we looked at a number of different kinds of stories and different plots that um, different stories have and most stories will that, that we tell kids are are sort of uh, overcoming the monster stories you know like something terrible will happen and, and we rise up and overcome it uh, sometimes there are stories of quests of people going and seeking something uh, sometimes there are voyage and return stories what, what they're called that, that somebody uh, is sick and goes to a hospital or comes back and rehabilitates themselves or somebody goes to the army or to a military or to a war and comes back and then there are tragic stories where somebody goes to a situation like that and doesn't come back a couple of questions that come to mind has to do with age if i was a parent if i was a parent with some younger kids say six up i would have this did you know list of questions of 20 questions you've developed at my place setting and I would, I would pick my moment to say to the kids tonight on this dinner that we're having together, hey kids, would you like to hear how mom and dad and I met? How mom and dad met? Yes, you could do that. And you can generate your own questions as long as you follow the rule. That is, they could not have known the answer unless you told them. As I asked this young, my young family, still, still I bet that question is absolutely appropriate for for me sitting there with our, our adult kids now, our adult kids who are 40, and they probably don't know where the heck we met. No, they probably don't. And, and they, you, at, when they're 40, you know, they, they're listening at a very different level. Uh, they, they're simply more mature. They're smarter. And they also are experiencing probably things that you've experienced in your life. I want, the one phrase that you use in your research tonight is strong intergenerational self and that and a strong and a strong family narrative first of all what's a strong family narrative how do i know i've got it well strong family narrative the word strong can can refer to the narrative or to family and i think that that we, we sort of use it to refer to both the narrative has to be strong in that it is complete or as possible that it is full that it includes 
uh, both good and bad, and it covers as many possible aspects of family life and time as possible. And that the, the other part, modifying family, is that you come from a strong family. Uh, we value family, that, uh, and, and we value it enough to be responsible for its story. Um, that is responsible for transmitting it. I think that grandparents have to realize that that uh, we, and I, I include myself here, that we are responsible for the story of our family, but we're also responsible to the story of our family. And while, while we're primarily the responsible for people as we get older, the responsibility to the family story uh, is, is there for everyone in the family, down to the little people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're responsible to your family, that, that you, you are responsible knowing what you know to behave and act in a way that is true to uh, your family narrative. What do you think the enthusiasm is for adults in passing down their stories? I mean, I think a lot of people just don't like talking about themselves and uh, or may, perhaps don't even don't know the power and the benefit of passing those stories down to young kids or to adult kids. Right. And that, that's, a, that's a, a very good point. And in these times where, where people are very busy, it's harder to find times to do this. Most people don't have family dinners five, six or seven times a week anymore not that they always did but but we have far fewer family dinners than we used to but the research up at columbia shows that uh even two family dinners per week can have positive effects and if you go beyond three family dinners a week uh, you don't have any a greater increase in impact so if you can get together mm -hmm. and sit down and share a meal and tell some stories three times a week that's probably really good but i think what what we need to to try and um uh, encourage grandparents to do is to see themselves as having a responsibility for the story's transmission. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's like nourishment. Um, parents and grandparents are make sure that their children eat well, uh, that they're nourished, that they're physically healthy. Well, transmitting stories is nutrition as well. Nutrition for the soul, nutrition for the heart. And, and it, 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 it makes sure that the kids are emotionally well, that they're psychologically well, that they're resilient, that there that, that, that is a health uh, component to it. So I think that, that we need to, to tell grandparents that uh, it's, their, it's their privilege, but it's also their responsibility to tell these stories. And one, one thing is, is that people have come to the point where they believe that children need to be happy every moment and that they need to like what they're doing all the time. Well, I, you know, I, I've been a psychologist for a very long time now, and I know that that's not true. Uh, sometimes, like every human being, we need to sit down and listen and uh, know that what we're listening uh, is important for us to hear. And even if we're antsy about it or jumpy about it, I want to go do something else or I'll play my video game or I don't like this, Sometimes grandma and grandpa need to say, well, you know, I know maybe it's hard to hear, but we, you know, I, I want you to know this story. So sit and listen. For all, for all of you listening, uh, we, were going to, we are going to provide the 20 do you know questions. And these are questions you can have on your lap or at your dinner or in the car or hiking through the woods that you can start uh, letting your family know some of the stories that um, perhaps they don't. And be, I'd be really interested to hear from any of you who get through these 20 questions and just see a change in perhaps that 10-year-old kid who now knows a lot more about 
the people who were important to him, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and weird old Uncle Harold. Um, so you can find those 20 questions at LegacyCafe.org forward slash D-Y-K. And uh, Dr. Marshall Duke, like to thank you. Fascinating stuff. I would, um, I've, I've, of course, I believe in story with the, the book called How Will You Be Remembered. Uh, it's all about story uh, gathering and telling to make sure that our, our descendants down the line know where they came from because our blood flows in them. And this would be a great help in giving people the confidence maybe to make sure their stories do go down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And, and your book is wonderful, and I wish you the best with that. Just the title of it says exactly what needs to be heard. Good. Thank you. Dr. Marshall Duke, who is a professor of psychology at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Rob Lucy. Folks, get on those 20 questions. LegacyCafe.org forward slash DYK. I hope you and your children and, and your grown-up children or old children or whatever, my age or anybody's age, I hope they really enjoy them. And we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day. And remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe. Mm -hmm.